We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 265. Our guest today is a friend and a client, and I am a huge fan of what she has done for the equestrian industry. We met originally at one of my equestrian workshops where I meet with a bunch of female equestrian businesswomen, and we talk marketing strategy and build a community and... Honestly, it's just one of my favorite things ever. So I met her, she became a client of mine, and I created some content with her and helped her with her launch of her brand new product of riding leggings with built-in underwear. So crazy, so revolutionary. I was such a big fan. And since then, she has launched her business and literally sold out in a day. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today to talk all about May Babes. Please welcome Emily Bentz. Hi, Emily. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I feel like this is a unique scenario where I've actually met you in person before you came on the podcast. I feel like it's usually the opposite. So (laughs) I already know you, but I'm so excited that you're on. I'm really excited too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you first found yourself in the horse world. Uh, So my mom actually rode as a child. So when I, I think I was about six or seven she took me to meet my first horse it was actually a an Appaloosa mare that was owned by some family friends and uh she took me out put a western saddle on the horse and I was pretty hooked actually after the first ride I know that's not unique (laughs) in any way but um and then shortly after that she actually uh put me in formal lessons at Hunter a jumper barn called Sun Hunter that's a mouthful yeah And I had a wonderful trainer named Jen who just loved all the barn rats that live there constantly. And it was really an ideal, an ideal childhood filled with horses and, and doing different disciplines. And, um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better, a better upbringing, especially with the horses. Totally. Um, what was your degree in, in college? And then what did you do after school? Well, fun fact, (laughs) Uh, I did not graduate. I actually sold everything that I owned uh, when I was 23 and moved to Germany and worked as a nanny there. I was fairly close to graduating and I, I don't know, I had one of those moments that every parent dreads, I think, (laughs) (laughs) and decided that I wanted to see the world. And um, I can't really pinpoint exactly what it was that, that lit that fire to, to change everything in my life and in the trajectory. But I just decided I, I had wanted to go to Europe as a kid and my family, you know, we just never uh, had the funds to do so. So I, just got a wild hair and, and ended up joining kind of a networking uh, nanny network and finding a family. And they said, if you can start at the end of the summer, we would love for you to start as soon as possible. And so I sold my truck and I sold all my things and gave away all my clothes to my friends and was on a plane in August headed to Germany. Wow. That's, I mean, that's amazing. Do you think going, (laughs) looking back, would you do, would you do it all over again? Tell me a little bit about 
what you think now that you are looking back at that moment in time? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of education, my feelings of education have have evolved. So I do believe that there's plenty of trades out there that you can make a really great living doing and and that a degree doesn't necessarily define you in, in certain ways. But once you have your degree, nobody can take it away from you. So as a parent and as an older person, I feel like it's something that I would have gone back and kind of encouraged myself to to maybe complete that and then move. But then at the same time, I would, I would do it all over again, because it was something that uh, really shaped who I am today. And, and there's, there was one hiccup that came up when I lived over there. And that's that I really wanted to try to get a visa to live in England. And I was not able to get it. And it probably would have been easier for me to get one uh, if I had had a degree, because that's how their system works, where if you have a degree, you're able to offer them something in a career field that that they need help uh, staffing, then you're, it's easier for you to get a visa there. And me being somebody that did not have uh, a skill or a trade or a degree, it just wasn't, I wasn't very interesting to them. (laughs) So I would have definitely moved on. I wanted to live in London. And so I, and I lived in uh, Southern Germany and, and I had hoped to be able to kind of make that leap over uh, into some type of profession in London and it, and it wasn't, um, wasn't feasible. So yeah, I wouldn't change anything, but then maybe there's some nuances that I would do a little bit differently too. Yeah. Fast forwarding a little bit. Tell me how you got into photography. I actually got into photography through writing. So I'm, I'm a big sports fan. And, uh, when I moved back from Germany, I, uh, saw an ad in the newspaper for a newspaper sports reporter and I loved to write and I did had done some freelance writing here and there to make extra cash and a little bit of copywriting and things like that and so I thought okay I can I can apply for this job and of course they wanted samples and I only had a few samples of the copywriting that I had done and then I did some short story work that I had you know just written because I wanted to and I was hired uh, part of that was to do photos and I did not have a photography background at all. And they gave me, as most newspaper journalists know, the equipment is dinosaur aged compared to, <laughs> you know, what the, what the general market is using at the time. Right. And the, so the camera was terrible. My first sports photos were terrible because gyms are notorious for terrible lighting. And so I went out and bought my own DSLR and just kind of went with it. I actually ended up loving the photography as much as I love the writing. Let's talk a little bit about May Babes because that is your newest venture. And tell me a little bit first about how you got the idea of incorporating underwear in first leggings and now most recently riding pants. Yeah, I had, so I have two children and it was after the birth of my daughter, who's my second child, that I had a bit of an epiphany. I was recovering from her delivery, which was more intense than my son's was, Mm -hmm. uh, physically, more physically intense than my son's delivery was. And I was super active during both pregnancies and before being pregnant and I really was itching to get back into movement as soon as I could after after I had the baby 
And I realized that it was, there wasn't anything out there that you could put on that was delicate and functional enough for wearing early postpartum that didn't make you feel like you were wearing diapers and have horrible panty lines. And you're already feeling very out of place and out of touch with your body, which I think is an interesting dynamic because your body has gone, however way you've delivered your baby, your body's gone through this massive transformation and Mm -hmm. then this monumental uh, life-changing event. And then all of a sudden you're looking at yourself in the mirror and thinking, I don't recognize so much of this person that I see. And so the last thing that you want is to not be able to be comfortable in the clothes that you, that you can wear. And I was very frustrated and I really wanted to get out and go running and go on walks. And I had this idea for underwear inside my leggings so that I wouldn't have all those layers. And so I, I just cut some fabric and I cut a pair of underwear and I sewed my first uh, prototype myself and I wore them for a few weeks. And at that point I thought, okay, I need to look online and see if there's anything out there like this because the sewing is probably better than what I <laughs> did if, <laughs> if there is. Right. And, uh, and then when there wasn't anything out there, I just, I was a little bit gobsmacked to be honest. And I thought, we repopulate the world and yet this there's this huge lag in performance wear or active wear or even function in our postpartum clothing and there's a really interesting kind of saying that is uh postpartum lasts forever which is true because if you know if you're fortunate enough you have your children for the rest of your life that really really solidify the idea that uh, function and clothes for for women and for bodies that have given birth was lagging and that I, I really wanted to do something about it. Definitely. Well, break it down for your girl who has not had children yet. <laughs> what, what problems are these um, pieces solving? So the main thing that that for me, going back to the body image um, and feeling like you're a little bit of a uh, foreigner in your own body. For me, underwear lines were a big deal. I know that they're not as big of a deal to other people. Um, you know, I think everybody's a little bit different, but uh, they definitely solved the problem of underwear lines. And for me, I think it was that if you want to wear something that is, that can translate to different avenues of your life, you have to have the aesthetic part as well as the function part. So underwear lines were an important part of it. The other thing that they solve is uh, the chafing and the and bulk. So there's a lot of, at least at the time, the seamless underwear that were out when I created the leggings actually still had multiple components to them and seams. They have to be held together in some function, you know, sure. in order even, they're not all just one piece that somehow holds itself together. Right. <laughs> um, so the seams and the bulk was a big, solution I thought to all the other different underwear offerings uh, at the time and now that we've evolved from leggings to breeches and come out with multiple different uh, built-in components so now we have what would be considered more of a full coverage underwear which was the original design and now we have a thong version which is actually 
my favorite so far because it's it's truly a seamless piece that goes in your in the areas that deserve a seamless <laughs> piece. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think that that it it's just such a revolutionary concept and I think that with um b- for both postpartum riders and non-postpartum riders, it really does for the chafing and the no underwear lines makes a huge difference. But I also feel like for maybe um, rider, I guess any type of rider who is on their period, I feel mm-hmm. like that's also something to take into consideration because that is always frustrating and annoying. And I feel like always adds bulk to your breeches and discomfort in the saddle. And so finding ways to do that in involving less layers is always better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. I, I think that especially the uh, leggings have been really successful for that because they hold a pad really well, especially if you have to wear a pad in the evening, you know, for bed, it's been, they've been very nice and, and I wear them. It's not, not something that I just sell or pedal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and don't wear myself. Uh, I wear them once a month for three days in the evenings or so. So um, not to, not to overshare, but I mean, I think that they are definitely uh, a multifunctional product that doesn't draw attention to them being a multifunctional product. So with things like period underwear, which I think have been a revolutionary piece for people that have their period, I think it's been great. Uh, However, for me personally, I, and I don't know if it's just the way that I feel about my body and how my body looks in those types of undergarments or what it is, but I think the revolutionary part of them, while it can't be ignored that they're great in so many ways, there are the drawbacks to things like the full coverage underwear when that is something that you don't prefer or you feel self-conscious about mm-hmm. it. And you already feel, even if you're totally comfortable when it's it's during your cycle with everything in your life, there are moments where you really just don't want to feel like you're wearing a giant pair of underwear. And that's, you know, can be for multiple reasons. But for me personally, that's, that's one of the things that has always turned me off from, from certain products like that. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, like the reason why I love wearing Maybabes, you know, throughout my cycle is that I'm actually like, fun fact, not a big underwear wearer. Like I am not like, and it started where I'm like, I don't really like, like, it's really hard to find even like seamless underwear that really doesn't show through Mm -hmm. riding leggings or colored breeches or things like that. I feel like I always can see them or it bunches up weird or, you know, I just never really found a good combination. So I ended up just getting used to not wearing underwear with like riding leggings or riding pants and things like that, which is great for most of the month, but on, you know, during other times it's definitely needed. So I feel like that it's, I feel like a big deal for me very honestly saying, you know, that I normally would opt out of wearing underwear, but I love wearing Maybabes because I think that they're definitely needed um, for certain times for me. And um, I feel like they're still so comfortable. And especially for me, not typically wearing underwear, once I have them on, like it doesn't feel like 
super out of the ordinary. Like I still feel like really secure, but it's very breathable and it doesn't feel like there's a whole bunch of extra layers um, going on. So I feel like you've been able to do it in such a way that it still feels so light and it feels like, you know, since it's, I think since it's become so like close contact that it doesn't feel like you're, um, have this like bulky extra fabric in your leggings. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel the same way. I feel like when I wear, um, underwear with my breeches that, especially if you use the restroom or a stall or what, you know, <laughs> wherever mm-hmm. you have to go and you pull them up, especially if you're sweaty, that it's, it's very hard to get the seamless even, or, you know, no show, um, undergarments to not actually show or have some type of bunching or have to make that some type is so of true. Yeah, no. And I feel that especially even just really in the summer in Florida doing photo shoots by like, outfit three or four, I'm completely sweaty and putting on riding pants or jeans or like anything when you are sweaty is like near impossible. It is. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Readjusting is so annoying. So it's nice because you don't really have to with your riding leggings like at all. So that's, that's amazing. I don't know about you, but whenever a horse friend or barn mate or trainer's birthday rolls around, I always struggle to think of the perfect gift. I always want something that really exemplifies the equestrian lifestyle. And recently I started ordering gifts and yes, some pieces for myself because the stuff is so cute from Horse Scout Design. Horse Scout Design is the home of equestrian lifestyle gifts and homewares online. At Horse Scout Design, you can find products with super unique design prints by talented artists and photographers, or you can honestly personalize your own pieces through a photo of your horse or a design that you want to create for yourself, family, and any horse or animal lover in your life. I have so many cool blankets and throws. Um, I have a dog bed. There are so many options at Horse Scout Design that you can really personalize and really make a normal everyday homeware piece have the equestrian lifestyle vibe that you are going for. So for more information, visit their website at horsescoutdesign.com. Let's talk a little bit about your launch because we met at the workshop, like officially in person, and then we worked together, you know, kind of after with your launch and, um, you know, you were kind of, you know, I feel like after the workshop, full steam ahead, making a launch plan because you ended up launching a few months later. Tell me a little bit about your expectations for your launch and then the reality of it. Well, I knew that I should set my expectations low. (laughs) Uh, I had some great advice from somebody, um, just a stranger on the internet, actually. And they said that when you launch a website, you're just a star in the universe. And I've kept that piece of advice with me. uh, And that's that you might have a great product or you might have a great idea, but you really are. If you think about how many stars there are in the universe Mm. and how somebody would be able to point their finger and pick the one out of, you know, that you happen to be is pretty rare. So I had really realistic expectations of the launch. I hoped that they would be well received in terms of the quality of the product and things like that. But I do think that there were some people that quietly listened still or quietly paid attention. 
and those people know who they are and i'm forever indebted to all the people that have kind of quietly followed along and maybe encouraged me here and there you know through the through the process but those people were there for me on on launch day and and then the new people i've met so many people through social media that said Mm -hmm. i'm so excited for something that's just different or that and even if they didn't necessarily believe in the idea or know that it would be something that they would like they still took a chance and that is just something that you can't I mean I think I'll work the rest of my life on the business trying to repay that to people for that amount of grace that they Mm. you know gave me for something that has never been seen before and and they think okay I'll I'll try it why not And, and I know as well and I know you do too that right now if somebody's willing to spend their money on on something that, you know, has come from your brain and your hands. And that's just extraordinary because Mm -hmm. everybody works really hard for the money that they make now. And you just, I just can't, it was just so overwhelming. I, there were so many days in a row where I just thought, this is just not real. I cannot (laughs) believe that this is, that people are actually being this kind to my business. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, you, I feel like the first day you sold like way beyond what you were hoping to sell. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost sold out on the first yeah. day and I couldn't, and Incredible. I just could not believe it. And I was at, my son had little league and I was at his little league game and I would get an email update and my husband was looking at me and, and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I just need a moment. I need to like walk <laughs> to the other field because I was just so just, flabbergasted that this, you know, was happening. And, you know, and at the same time, I'm, I'm able to be with my kids, you know, and, and they see what I do and, and they tell me that they're proud of me and Mm. things like that. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is just uh, beyond what I had anticipated. Yeah. I think you're, I mean, you're definitely a great client and student too, coming from the other end because you, it was really just this like perfect storm of everything coming together. I think the timing was great. I mean, obviously the idea was brilliant. Um, You took the time and made it well. Um, And then you really had a team come around you. For those who don't know from who you were name dropping, Britt from Meraki Creative (laughs) Group. You know, you're good. Um, Britt from Meraki Creative Group is a genius for, you know, really organizing launches. Kelly from Avenue Equestrian, I know, helped get you organized and and ready to go. We did some content creation and promotion on my end through my equestrian style. And then I think you really just had kind of that jet propulsion from the equestrian workshop. And so I applaud you for really taking the time to take a chance on investing in in a proper launch and marketing strategy, um, because I also think that really um, helped pay off too. And it's true. I mean, if you just, it's not enough anymore to just have a really incredible idea. You have to find unique ways to, to show it to the world and show it to your audience and your niche. So I really applaud you for for um, taking the steps to do that. And I know it was a long time coming and a long process, but clearly it paid off. It became an overnight success. And so I'm so proud of you from kind of the, the relationship that we have. I mean, since the workshop, you're my friend, you're my client. It's been so fun um, seeing all of this unfold. And but yeah, with that, I mean, I'm just so happy for you. Oh, thank you. 
So there's one moment that sticks out in my head, and that's that during the workshop, Leah and yourself, you go through with all the, the people that are there, their brand reviews. And during my brand review, Leah looked at me and it's burned into my head. She looked at me and said, you need a full marketing plan for this launch. You need to do that, Emily. And Leah is a very nice person. And everybody laughed a lot during the workshop, but she said that very uh, in, from a very professional standpoint and capacity because she's so experienced in marketing and it, but it was one of those moments where she said it really serious and then she kind of smiled at me and it just, it really, it's just burned into my head because it was one of many, you know, pieces of, of great advice that I was given, uh, during the workshop, but it was something that was very pivotal and very, and obviously was the main push behind me deciding that I needed to do a big launch for it rather than just, um, you know, whisper them out into the, into yeah, the universe. Absolutely. Well, Emily, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and the exciting things happening right now with Maybabes. For anyone who hasn't seen stuff about Maybabes, um, check out the website, maybabestebrand.com. And that's M-A-Y-B-A-B-E-S um, for more information. I You do have some pieces that are available that are they're in stock right not everything is sold out no I do yeah I have stock Yay. right now <laughs> amazing okay yeah I know that was an issue <laughs> I know it was and and we're now we're doing uh we I just sent fabric to my manufacturer to do prototypes and for white and gray and tan Ooh. um breaches so now we're kind of moving forward with that we'll see how it goes and hopefully we can get the ball rolling on that before the beginning of next year Love it. Well, Emily, I wish you all the best and thank you so much again for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.